Welcome into What's Good with KB and JB Podcast Show, covering the NFL, college football, and the top stories in the sports world with producer Patton Cook, NFL All-Pro and former Tennessee Titan linebacker Keith Bullock, veteran sports anchor John Burton. Well, last week was the first full weekend without football. We're all going through withdrawal. It's bittersweet because we kind of need a break from it, but when it goes, it's kind of like, oh, man, where'd you go? Welcome to this week's show. Keith Bullock out of pocket this week. He's traveling, but filling in, we got another former Titans great wide receiver, proud alum of the (laughs) Ohio State University the great Chris Sanders joins us again. Chris, welcome back to the show. Man, I'm doing good, and I agree with you 100%. I'm having football withdrawals. Yeah. This, this is how bad it is. I'm driving home, and I have moles in my grass. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, like, like trying to get off the press because they are tearing up my grass. Yeah. And I'm having a ball. They went from cover two to, to, to cover one, and they're blitzing like crazy. Casino blitz, right? They don't blitz. No First no deep all, safety. They're just, no, they're, they're coming. And they are tearing my grass up. So when I come home, I look, and then I try to get off the press, and there's another one that pops up, so. That's my excitement because of football stuff. <laughs> Pat and you and I uh, wrapping up our first week together on our new show on WNSR, JB and the General. It's been a blast Yo. so far. And, uh, you know, we uh, the feedback's been really good. Yeah, it's been great. Uh, it, friends, family, uh, just kind of listeners that were with the previous show have all given glowing reviews. And it, it's been a pleasure doing it with you, John. It's been fun. Appreciate you. Um, we like a lot of the same stuff, NBA, NFL, and we got some similar uh, takes on LeBron and stuff like that. It, it's been a blast. <laughs> well, we're going to talk. We're going to talk about uh, Michael Jordan, the Chicago Bulls, LeBron James as we go along. We're we're freestyling today because there's really not a lot of stuff uh, vis-a-vis football going on, Chris. Okay, first of all, I'm I'm mad at both of y'all. I'm gonna just tell y'all that right now. <laughs> first of all, what do we do you now? You have the 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 um the you have the radio voice. I'm I'm jealous. <laughs> I'm listening to you. You sound like the Hulk, the Hulkamania. You sound like the Hulk. Hey, guys, we're gonna. I love it. I'm well, mad. Let me tell you something, brother. There you go. I'm, I'm mad at. First of all, I'm mad at both of y'all right now because my voice is just like, yeah, Chris. You're just gonna talk about the football. You, we well, got Chris, coach. So with all due respect, our voices, uh, your athleticism has got <laughs> right. you pretty far. I'm, but I'm jealous. Yeah. You, I'm jealous. You I'm know mad. what they say, right? I'm you, mad. You, you can't play it, talk it. Right. You mad. played it. But now you're talking. But it. y'all we have talking. Y'all have the perfect voices for radio i mean it's like i got the voices i sound like billy ocean like caribbean queen or something or conway twitty or bootsy it's one of them cats well the the funny part is there's a sweet sweet lady that i work with at news channel five she's one of our news producers debbie she's the nicest sweetest lady and she talks like this and she's very nice hi john she loves the show and she loves pat and cook oh he's a he's He's just like he has the nice yes he does i'm jealous of you (laughs) I'm jealous of you. Just you just well, thank you. Don't man. get caught slipping. No, no, get not you. at all. Chris, yes, we're <laughs> we're in the off season here for football, and we talked about it when you were on our our regular show. Um, from a player standpoint, you know the season ends, and you know you got to let your body heal yeah, up. And you got to be able to you know spend a couple of weeks and eat what you want and sleep in and. Maybe have you know that extra cocktail with dinner. <laughs> what was it like for you the off season? How long did it take? 
did you take yeah. before you ramp things up again to get ready for another year? It took about two and a half weeks. But after two and a half weeks and all of a sudden you look in the mirror, you're like, man, I'm getting kind of pudgy. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute, them, them, them little bonbons is getting to me. I'm eating hot dogs, you know, honey buns that I oh, had yeah. from my kids. But, yeah. you know, you just, after the offseason, you really have to be smart because you got to look. If you look at the whole season, you got OTAs, you got camp, and then you have basically 19, no, 17, 18, 19 games if you go to the playoffs, whatever, whatever. But you got to remember, your body's got to heal, but mentally you got to get away from the game. And that's a lot of times guys don't understand because your mental health is just as important as mm-hmm. your physical health. And you just got to get away from the game because look at all the things we go, 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 not go, but look at the things that we have to go through during the year. Mm-hmm. We get cussed out on, on, on social media. <laughs> we got coaches yelling at us. We got to lift every day. Right. You got to get yelled at by your quarterback. You got to go to meetings from 6 o'clock to 5 o'clock in the, in the afternoon. So it is a long process. So for your mental health aspect, you just got to step away from the game and say, you know what, I'm going to watch Judge Judy if I'm in the, in the basement by myself or just play video games. I love video games. Get so up I when you get, want. Get, yeah, kind the of. phone rings. You don't necessarily have to answer it if you don't want to, right? Yeah, but when mama calls, you're in trouble. Yeah, that's true. That's you know, true. But, but the funny thing about <laughs> that is call when mo- we, when try, we say that we try to get up when we want to, Yeah, but your body's so trained that exactly. I get up at 4 o'clock in the morning, so it's kind of hard. Yeah. Chris, nowadays a lot of athletes have kind of personal trainers. They have their own type thing. Yeah. What was it like back then? Did you have your guy that you went to, or was it just strictly? Yeah, on everybody your likes own? to go down yeah. to like Miami <laughs> yeah, or out, yeah. in, out in Arizona or Southern California, and you know, you trained a little and party yeah. a lot. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. But you know what? If I could remind, rewind my career over, I would have really got a trainer. I didn't get a trainer until after I got hurt. Okay. And because I think that in my mind I can do it on my own because I can, you know, I ran track so I know how to do speed stuff and lift weights. But I look at Eddie George, look at the longevity of him. Mm-hmm. He had a trainer. He did yoga. He did all the things he needed to, to prepare his body. Mentally, I, th- I thought that if I just do track stuff and I, and I lift weights, then I'm okay. Right. But look at Derrick Henry. Yeah. Derrick Henry's doing everything. He has a specialist with training, with, with, with body positions, with, with balance, with nutrition. That's why his longevity of playing the game is so long, because he did the extra things by getting a trainer and doing all those things. Great question. Yeah, and you know, everybody's talking about Derrick, whether or not he's going to be back with the Titans. Me personally, some people say it's 50-50. I think it's significantly less than that, but... He's going to have some value on the open market what based on just what you yeah. said. The fact that he's 30 years old, but he was second in the NFL in rushing last year behind a really bad offensive line. He's going to be of value on the open market, don't you think? Yes. The two teams that I'm scared about if they get him is Baltimore yeah. and the Bills. Lord have mercy in heaven. They are a physical offensive team. Just imagine if Derrick Henry goes to the Bills. That that's a monster. I mean, what are you going to do? They're going to load the box, and then those receivers on the outside are going to kill you. So he brings a lot of value. I know everybody's like, "Well, it's not a run, a, a run uh, league." Mm-hmm. Yes, but but when you get into December and Derrick Henry stiff arms you in the mustache and that unibrow you got, <laughs> you're going to be you're, you're, you're going you're to be glad you got Derrick Henry because the one. This is what. Listen, I know everybody talks about the physical nature of Derrick Henry. I love his mental. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love the way he approaches the game. Even when he's at the uh, the podium and he says five words, he's still great at what he does. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, I think that changed, right, Patton? I mean, when he first got here, I'll be honest with you, I was like, I don't know about this guy. And I wasn't even crazy about him at Alabama, even though he yeah. won the Heisman Trophy. I just didn't know if his running style could translate to the NFL. And I felt like when he first got here, he was a little whiny, a little pouty, you know, yeah. thinking, why aren't I the starter? What do you mean I got to, you know, 
uh, get less carries than DeMarco Murray. Yeah, exactly. And whenever we asked him about, hey, what's your relationship like with DeMarco? How is it, you know, to have a former NFL rushing champion, you know, be your guide and your mentor? And he was, he kind of sloughed it off. But I think after he had that talk with Eddie. See, that's it. Everything that's turned it. around. That's it. Don't you think? Yeah, well, I, I almost jumped out of my chair. Have you, you ever talked that. with Eddie about his conversation with Derek? No, but 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 sometimes you need that. I mean, you need somebody to be frank with you. Man, you're too big, you're too strong to be running side to side. You need to run through somebody's dog on lips. I mean, that's what yeah. you got to do. <laughs> Don't run through their mustache, they lips. I mean, but the thing about because yeah. I always said, you know, in the NFL, a two-yard gain is a beautiful thing, right? No. <laughs> no. But I'm, what I'm saying is second and eight is better than second and 12. No. <laughs> it sounds good, but, but okay. But second, Enlighten me, second, please. Second and five is better. Okay. Because you have some. You you have something. I'll put you for a second. Like I was like, take for the giver. I was like, Chris Sanders gonna put me over and be like, damn, John, no. you know a lot about football. No. That's no. a good point. No, but you, but, but you, but I'm not saying you're wrong. I mean, you're you're correct, but yeah. when you're at second and five. Then you have you have you have so many choices you can do. You can throw the ball or you can run the ball because you're still standing in front of the chains. If you look at second and eight, which and I'm not disagreeing with you, mm-hmm. you're still a little bit behind the yeah, chain. You're yeah. gonna have to pass the football. So I'm not saying you're wrong because you know I mean you're you're actually right. Well, what I'm saying is like if all you can give me is two yards on the play, then give me two yards. Mm-mm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm done. You know, I'm done. Thanks for being on, Chris. Just, just like Show's it, it, over. It, it, <laughs> It's kind of like this. It's kind of like this. It's kind of like being in church, right? Yeah. And, you, you know, my mom would sit beside me, and, and I'll talk to her, and all she says, mm-mm. mm-mm. What she saying, mm-mm. mm-mm, that means your breath, your breath really stinks. <laughs> mom, does it smell good? Mm-mm. mm-mm. Do you need a mint? Mm-hmm. mm-mm. See, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's like, mm-mm. I mean, see, mom's going to tell you the truth, but I'm not saying that you're wrong. I got I'm, you. I'm not saying you're I wrong. Understand. But understand. it just makes the, it, it, like, if, 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 if uh, Brian... Callahan calls the play at second and five. There's so many things he can do. The as entire playbook's open. That's what I mean. But your point is not wrong. It's just now when you're second and five, the defense is thinking that you're mm-hmm. going to run the ball because you're closer to getting the first down. Now you throw the ball and those safeties come up and you can throw behind uh, you know, the safety. Chris, do you think it makes sense for the Titans to bring Derrick Henry back with where he is in his career and where they are in their project? Nah, I, I don't I don't think it because I don't, I'm not saying that he can't do it and he can't get over 1,000 yards. But it's the type of offense that that, Bill, that Brian Callahan wants to run because look at his philosophy. Look at what he said in the interview. He said the teams that pass the ball pass the ball the best are the teams that win. Mm-hmm. So if I'm a running back and I hear that, I'm like, okay, that means I'm coming out a lot as opposed to coming out just on third down. Right. I mean, you've got two really good running backs about to enter the free agent market and Saquon Barkley and. Derek Henry, I believe uh, Tony Pollard is going to be a free agent as well. Yep. He only signed a one-year deal with the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, the Jacobs kid for the Josh Raiders, Jacobs. Josh yep. Jacobs. So, I mean, man, this 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 position's been diminished. I mean, if you need a running back, man, you got about four or five guys out there. There's that, a lot that you could sign. But there's a couple of guys that I think the Tennessee Titans could benefit, and you might be like, "What? Yeah, De- uh, Deontay Foreman. Oh yeah, I love bring, to bring him back." Here. I then, loved him when he was here. AJ Dillon. Yeah. And then you got uh Gus Edwards from the Ravens. Mm-hmm. So now you got Spears who's gonna be the focal point of your your, right. your offense. You just have some depth to where if he comes out or he gets nicked up, now you don't lose any momentum. So you're right, all those guys that you named could really, really help the Tennessee Titans, but it all depends do they fit the scheme that Brian Callahan wants to run. Yeah, I, I love Spears. I love what oh, he brings to the dog. table and 
you know, he, he, he plays with a lot of confidence for being a smaller back and he can run it between the tackles as well. Yeah, but see, but see, he's not, he's not really small. He's, he may not be. He's six, compact. He's compact. Yep. Absolutely. And the one thing I love about him, his vision. Yep. His vision is insane. The way he, he makes that one cut and go. And then I think it was the last game where they were playing the Jaguars and he caught that little screen. Yep. Gone. Let's yep. eat. And he just brings so many things to the table. I'm not saying he's like, he's just as good as McCaffrey, but you can use him in a way as McCaffrey because he's so versatile. Yeah, he's a guy you could maybe line up in the slot or Absolutely. put him in motion and have him you know, try to set up. Come know, on, coach. Look at coach. You know, try to set up a kind of. You know, mismatch with a linebacker or a safety. I got ground to make up because my whole philosophy about the two-yard gain, you just crapped you, you, on you it. Sound like Ohio, you sound like Ohio State when I was at Ohio State. We had Eddie George. What we want is two. a seal here and a seal here, and we're going to run this thing in the alley. And I'm, and I'm on the perimeter like, what you talking about, Willis? And I'm mad. Okay, I'm gonna give We're you. We're not throwing to you. I'm Get out give, there and block, Chris. I'm gonna Sanders. give you a perfect example of what I'm talking about. Yeah, is uh, Eddie George was on the same team. Joey Galloway was on the same team. I was on the same team. Terry mm. Glenn was on the same. Joey team. Joey Galloway was a bad man. That dude, but he's strongest dude I've ever been around. And fast. Guess how many catches he had his, his senior year in, in college? Mm. Thirty-four. Mm. Guess how many carries did Eddie George have? A million. <laughs> I was gonna say, what the year he won the Heisman? Yes, a thousand. A thousand. But you see what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. But now the offenses have changed. I mean, you got a lot of spread. You got West Coast. You got no huddle. You got a lot of spacing concepts. So you know, you know the run. I know everybody's diminishing the running, but I tell you one thing: when it get into December and it's cold, mm-hmm. and and what's the name mushes you in the nostril, mm-hmm. and you, you got a you got a problem on your yeah. Hand. Certain defensive players start making business decisions <laughs> yeah. when it's cold out. It's a little harder to tackle when it's twenty degrees out. Right? Form, was it Foreman from the Bills? He he took yeah. he took a chance. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like, yeah. And this how, this how when he took a chance, it's kind of like you're going out right. And you see a pretty girl, and you want to ask her to dance. Mm-hmm. You taking a chance because she might mm-hmm. say no. Yep. So when he tried to come up and shoot block, your shot, cowboy, and he and, and Foreman what was it? Was it? What's his name? What was his name? Foreman. What was his name? The defensive back for the Bills that got mushed oh, by Derek. Yes. Oh, that was um, was it Foreman? Norman. Josh Norman. Norman. Josh Norman. Josh Norman. Thanks, Pat. He took a yeah. chance. Yeah. And here's the thing. That's like that. That's like one of the most famous plays in Tennessee oh. Titans history. Yep. It didn't count. It didn't the, ca- the Titans oh, wow. were called for a legal motion at the snap. <laughs> the play didn't count. <laughs> Is that crazy? Yeah, go back and look. And it was on Lawan. <laughs> yeah, uh, actually, I think it was on Lawan. Come on, or it, might, or it might have been on uh, maybe Ferkser, but I can't remember. But Ferkser. I, they were either lined up Ferkser. wrong or they or they. Ferkser. Yeah, was it Ferkser? Ferkser. You got to have a toothpick in your Ferkser. Ferkser. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, Tajay Spears, <laughs> we, we just talked about him. To you, what is his ceiling? Because we talked about his size, and he's never going to be a back like Derek where he carries it 25, 30 times. What is his ceiling in the NFL, you think? I think his his ceiling is very high, and I'm going to tell you why. The uh, the offensive coordinator that they brought in, Nick Holtz. And the reason why I say this is because look at some of the schemes that he's bringing in to spread, the West Coast, the no-huddle, the spacing concept, to where he's going to get the ball in his hands. I mean, if, 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 if you look at some of the things he does, he makes sure he gets the playmakers the ball in his hands. Who's your playmakers on the team right now? If you had to say, if you had to pick a guy for the Tennessee Titans right now on offense, who's your who's the number one playmaker on your team? D-Hop. I, I know you say, I was getting ready to say D-Hop, but also Spears. Mm-hmm. Spears. He's right there. He's yeah. right there. I mean, he just, It should be Chigakonkwo, but, you know, he's, he's going to be he's all right. Been, he, well, he was a disappointment to me last year. It's a, it's, a, it's a confidence thing. I mean, if you watch when he, when 
he was dropping balls. When you're catching the ball with your body, mm-hmm. you have a confidence issue. So if I'm a coach, I'm going put, to put, push the, the, the playbook to the side, and I'm going to look him in the eyes and say, I believe in you, and that's what's going to change his whole game. Uh-huh. I hope you're right. He's too good of an athlete. He, exactly. He's too good. That's that's my point. You know, I'm, I'm low-key, you I mean, know, he, just, he, I'm disappointed in him He can't be bit. playing like Bo Scaife. He can't be <laughs> <laughs> Eric, Eric Green from Eric, back in the man, day, three hundred pound tight head out man. there, and, 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 and Algie Crumpler, he was knock knee. How you gonna be knock knee running the go round? <laughs> you can't do it, man. <laughs> you know like, what are we doing? Go route. I'm going. Okay. <laughs> okay. See, you started it. I, was I know. I know. And there's right. more more of that to come. When we come back. Uh, we're gonna get ready for the NFL Combine oh. and some of the off season activities. Uh, coming up in football, and we're going to get into some petty news as well. <laughs> we're going to let Patton cook. He's always got something to get off his chest. We love to allow him to do that. We'll talk some NBA as well. Just getting started. Chris Sanders, yes, happy sir. to have you here. Thank Filling you, my in friend. For Keith Bullock on the podcast show. Stick around. More coming up. You're listening to What's Good with KB and JB Podcast Show. Live on WNSR, Nashville's first 24-hour sports station. Chris Sanders is here with me and Patton, filling in for Keith Bullock. Keith was, uh, he's a hell of a guy to be a teammate of, wasn't he? Crazy. <laughs> no, but, but he's one of those teammates you love to hate. I remember he's you said that last But when he's on your team, you love him. Go get him, Keith. But if you're on the other side, like, can't sh- <laughs> But he's my he's a, he's one of my favorite players of all time. Oh man, he's just he's he's a wonderful guy. We love doing the podcast show. We love having you here Thank as you, well. Man, it's an honor to be here, brother. Thank you so much. So we got the NFL Combine coming up. Did you participate in the Combine? Yes, I did. What do you think of Crazy. how it's been, you know, magnetized to where it's like we're going to watch guys in their underwear run the 40 in prime time on network TV where it used to be. I know when you oh. were a part of it, there was basically no media allowed, no cameras, no nothing. We had MySpace. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I you had message board. Message board. That Sanders yeah. guy from Ohio yeah, State, I hear, ran a good uh, forty. Uh, is it, uh, I mean, it's 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 they do a whole couple of days on on NFL Network. It's crazy, bro. It is bananas. But but I've covered it the last like ten years. I mean, it just it's like covering the Super Bowl. It is incredible. Everybody is there. But you know what? It it can make it can break you. But I don't think that's the say in end all. I mean, because I think the the best part of the whole process is the individual workout. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was a guy on our team when we when I got drafted in 1995 named Preston Harrison. Yep. He hurt his tailbone the whole year, so he was out the whole season. And he was a big linebacker. Individual workouts, they joke around 4-3-9 and got drafted in the third round. So it all depends on what the team is looking for. Well, now the it, and it, the cat's kind of out of the bag, right, Patton? Because now coaches and GMs, they talk about, yeah, you know, we want to see what these guys look like. We want to see them run. We want to see them lift, all that kind of stuff. But Really, the proof of the pudding is those interviews because they yes. throw they throw a lot of crazy stuff at these kids. And they want to see how they respond because, you know, let's face it, you're going from college to pro, and yeah. you know, I'm not telling you anything you don't know. You know, in college, we talked about this before, right? They tell you get up now, yeah. practice now, eat now, study now, sleep now, right? In the NFL, this is your job. You're yep. expected to show up on time. You're expected to be in shape. You're expected to, you know, on your off time, learn your plays, learn your playbook. And so these coaches and GMs, they like to throw little things at these players to see how they respond. Because I got to know if I draft you and my owner invests money in you, right? 
you got to be able to answer the bell whenever, no matter what. You know, and some teams value those interviews more than others because you'll have teams that'll draft a guy they haven't even talked to. But the Titans during 2020, you heard kind of the excuses flow out of the building whenever they had the (laughs) bad draft picks is because they couldn't get in front of guys. So, I mean, it it is big. And uh, Chris, as for you, were the interviews, did you have weird questions? Because now you hear there's one team that will go around and just look to mess with guys. Mm. If I'm I'm in the interview process, because first of all, a lot of guys aren't ready. They're, they're, They're just not. I mean, because the thing about it is you may have the athletic ability, but you may have all these things, but well, how do you handle adversity? Mm-hmm. So now you've been you've been great in Little League, you've been great in high school, you've been great in college, and all of a sudden you get into the pros. And just like what you said, I got to be here, 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 here. Then all of a sudden you do good one year, and the next year you don't do well. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden you throw your pads in, the, you throw your shoulder pads in the uh, stands. Yeah, for every Patrick <laughs> Mahomes, there's a Jamarcus Russell. That's what I'm saying. Or Ryan Leaf, right? Yeah, and, and, I, and the reason why I said it is because I wasn't ready. You know, I came into the league, and off the back, I made the all-rookie team, and I'm leading the league in yards per catch. Mm-hmm. Then the second year, I drop a couple of balls, and they, they go from, we love you, like, man, get this <laughs> you joke a bum, out man. of here. Get him out of here. Get him out of here. <laughs> then, you know, get him. <laughs> so, so, so now, I'm, a, I'm at home pouting. Mm. I'm at home, you know, my, my psyche's like, man, nobody loves me. Nobody cares. <laughs> nobody loves me. <laughs> you, you gotta, then the dog's looking at you like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> So, so what I had to do is, I, so that, and the reason why I say all these things is, this is the reason why I want to work in the NFL doing player development yeah. and help with doing wide receivers because we talk about the, the the physical part, but we don't talk about the mental part until people come out and say I'm struggling mentally. And and, and I'm and I'm gonna talk about a guy, a guy named AJ Brown. Nobody ever knew that he was suffocating in silence. Right. Nobody knew. Right. And he had to get some help. And just like when I retired, I had to get some help. Because I wasn't ready. Mm-hmm. Because, and the thing about it is, I wasn't, I was drowning, but nobody knew I was drowning until I actually drowned. Hmm. <laughs> That's see, deep, bro. You see what I'm saying? But a lot of guys have never been in that position. So, sure. So when I work in player development, coaching wide receivers, I want to help them off the field and as, as well as on the field. What would be your advice to these kids that are getting ready to go through the combine? Because it's a lot. You're going to be yes. thrown in a lot of directions. You're going to be asked to, like you said, ask crazy questions. You're going to be asked to work out, mm-hmm. lift you know, um, throw, whatever it is. What, what's your best advice for these kids as they get ready? I mean, it's the biggest job interview Huge. they'll ever have in their lives. It's just you want to make sure that you have a vision beyond football. Yeah. You have to. And you want to surround yourself with people that love you for you. It's your best, your worst. But if you're hanging around people that is consistently taken, when the, when the, when the dust settles, you're going to see a lot of people be, are, are gone. And if you're not ready for that, you're in a time you're in a fight for your life. And I'm just being honest with you because everybody loves you when you're doing good. Everybody sure. loves you when you're making touchdowns. Everybody wants Super Bowl tickets. <laughs> but, 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 but what happens when you're sitting in a 4,500-square-foot house all alone? Mm. What happens when you got to go to the gym and you don't want to go to the gym because they're afraid to ask that question? What are you going to do now? you got to put on a smiling face. So when you have a vision beyond football, when your career is over, you're walking right into your purpose and your destiny. And now you, know, you can look back and just go on. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's deep. That's deep. That's I don't mean, I don't mean like to be like Doctor Phil, but I'm yeah. I'm telling you, uh, yeah. <laughs> the NFL, Chris. I you gotta like, write a book. <laughs> the NFL, Chris. I think yes. I think it's done a better job, maybe preparing guys for after football. How far away are they? Do you think from truly kind of preparing guys for after after play? It's and, and, and I love the question you asked, but it's not their job. 
Their yep. job, their job is to get us on the football field. Your job off the field is to make sure you surround yourself with people that have your back. It's kind of like this. Just imagine if I play quarterback mm-hmm. and I didn't have any linemen out there. I'm going, I'm going to get my head beat in. Mm-hmm. But the linemen out there are to block, block for you in, in, in case you know the defensive guys try to hit you. That's the same thing in life. You got to have an offensive line of people that are going to block for you when you go through trials and tribulations. And, you know, the NFL talks about setting you up, you know, financially, which is great. I understand that they have mental health and all that stuff. They have that. They're bringing all that stuff in, which is great. Guys can take advantage of that. Herm Edwards talking to the guys. All you need is one, all that. Yeah, 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 absolutely. (laughs) But see, the thing about it is I can have all this information, but if I don't have nobody to walk with me, it's just information. Right. And and, and that's exactly what it is. I'm going to give you an illustration. And I, I know if I'm talking to myself, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. But I remember this, this we were. were I remember we were playing the. Um, we were playing the Pittsburgh Steelers. Okay. In the play before uh, Eddie George got hurt, and he was kind of limping. And Lorenzo Neal, he's a small guy with no neck, just swole. Oh, that's my guy. I and love Low Neal. And and the, the defensive guy did a cheap shot on Eddie. So what happened was, is Lorenzo Neal looked at him. You know, he's got a high voice. How can be that swole? And be like, mm-hmm. Hey, hey, guy. <laughs> Don't do that to Eddie. And then he said, then he, then he said this. He said this. He said, Eddie. It's okay. Hey, just follow me. I'll knock everybody out and we'll get to the end zone. That's exactly what he said. With tears in his eyes, he kind of, you know, Eddie's kind of limping, whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and then what's the name? Lorenzo yells to the coach, say, call the same play. Call the same play. Now he was like, call the same play, coach. Call the same play. <laughs> Calls the same plays. And as we cause the play, he knocks all, everybody out the way so that Eddie can get in the end zone. Now, that's back when they had like uh, Jason Gilden, LeVon Kirkland, oh, them guys. Right. I mean, <laughs> when I tell you, that Lorenzo Neal ran through everybody's lips so that Eddie can get an end zone. The reason why I share that illustration is that's the kind of people that we need in life. Yeah, They see that you're hurt, but let me knock everything out of the way, depression, doubt, insecurities, to help you get into the end zone. That's exactly what, it's, that's exactly what we need. And we, and we look at guys like, you know, these, these big-time draft prospects that never make it. Tony Mandrich, I mentioned Ryan Leaf, yeah. Jamarcus Russell, um, a lot of these guys. Do you think that's part of it that they didn't have yep. people with their best interest at heart? They it, they just had people that were kind of hangers on a little bit. Yep, you know who I'm so there proud for of? the good times, nowhere to be found in the bad times. And you know who I'm so proud of? You said his name is Ryan Leaf. Yep. No. Oh, he's turned it around. You got to see the story. It was on. It was a thirty for thirty, but also they had some on Netflix. And when I tell you, he said I had the. He, he this is what he said. He said I had the wrong people in my corner, mm-hmm. and he said I was very angry. He was. And when somebody sat down, he had a crappy had, attitude. He had a crappy attitude because. He said he he said he didn't understand what man he looked like. He thought that when I get up in, in get in the NFL that I got to be this macho guy. He said I didn't have to be like that. He said if I'd have just stayed as Ryan Leaf, I would have been successful in the league. Now he's traveling around the world, changing the world. Love that guy. Patton, this was before you were born, but in 1998, dang, I mean it was either Ryan Leaf or Peyton Manning as the number one overall Unreal. pick. And I was the idiot that said Ryan Leaf would be a better quarterback long term than Peyton Manning. Swing and a miss. This, is, this is why I'm sitting here in the studio talking to you guys and not working in an NFL front office because Ryan Leaf, back me up, Chris, a yeah. tremendous, tremendous talent. Tremendous talent. But just didn't have it between the ears. Yeah. And he just couldn't handle the pressure. And we've seen, you know, just good hearted, good natured guy. Marcus Mariota comes to mind. I, I wanted him to be the guy here. And he had people in his corner. It just didn't work out. You know what I mean? So right. there's there's no guarantee. I, I guess the point of all this yeah. is that, man, when you draft a player, right, uh-huh. it's like buying a lottery ticket. It is. You just don't know, right? You, you really just don't know. It's kind of like, you know, you meet somebody on a blind date, 
<laughs> and she shows up as, as Holly Berry. Then y'all meet again, and she's uh, Whoopi Goldberg. No, I'm going to say, she looks like Holly Berry in her profile. And when you show up, she looks like Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> I should have swiped left. <laughs> then, then you show up, and you're like, you're like, what you talking about, Willis? But, uh, <laughs> but then No the thing, disrespect, but, Whoopi. We but, love you. But here's the thing. Even when you meet Whoopi Goldberg, you still got to get to know her. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it's not always about the look. Right. It's about the person. Just like right. I found, you know, when I was when I was single, when I went through divorce, I was dating and I met a lot of people and it didn't work. Mm-hmm. But once I got to know my wife now that I just married December 29th, now we understand. I don't even know where I'm going. I sound like a, like Dr. Man. Phil, but it's understanding Keep going, brother. each Keep other. Keep going, so, preach. You know it is what it is. No, I, I, I love hearing your story. I do. I, I, I enjoy hearing your story because, oh my gosh. you know, people don't realize what you guys go through oh, after hard. the playing days are over. It's an adjustment, you know, because, you you know, you probably started playing football when you were, what, five, six years old? Younger than every, that. Every fall for that chunk of your life, you yeah. were you knew you were getting ready to play football. And all of a sudden, it's fall, yeah. and I'm not playing football. And it's over. It's quick. over. And you know what? And, I, and, I, and I'll share this on the air, and I'm not afraid to share because at first I was. Mm-hmm. But I was to the point to where I wanted to check out of here. That's how dark it was. Mm. To where if I'd had a 45, you, I probably wouldn't be sitting in the seat right now. That's how, it got that bad. It was that dark. And I and I couldn't really share with anybody because it was embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, There's Chris, nothing embarrassing Chris, about Chris, it, man. Chris Sanders, you, try, you have it all together, but yeah. I didn't. Yeah. Because I went through divorce, had, you know, situations that were going on in my life. And, you know, a lot of stuff was... Was uh, was done, but um, I was in a dark spot, and and when I was in that dark spot, I was afraid to talk to somebody. And I think that when I work in the NFL and doing player development and coaching wide receivers, mm-hmm. those are the things I'm going to focus on. It's making sure these guys not just win on the football field, but actually win off the football field. And that's why I love coaching. Chris, you talked about kind of the need to have people hold you accountable. Mm-hmm. How did you find those people? Because yep. Sometimes with friends and family, they just want to tell you how good you are and <laughs> how everything's yeah, great, true, even, even when it's not great. How did you find people that would keep you in line? It was two people. It was Les Steckel and Sherman Smith. You know, they're going to tell you the truth. They're going to they're look you in the face real close to you without a tic-tac and tell you the truth. <laughs> and, uh, you know, when, 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 I went through, when I went through all my stuff, you know, off, uh, when I retired, it was, a, it was a guy named Ricky Bowser. He helped me with that, and I, and I talked to my pastor, Rice Brooks, and guys that helped me through the situation. And it was still hard because, you know, something that you've done all your life and, and, and now it's taken away from you, it's kind of like this. I like watch. Uh, there's a cartoon I used to watch called Aladdin, and he used to float on this carpet, and everything was comfortable up there. I mean, mm-hmm. so comfortable. Like, oh, this, this, this is good. <laughs> this is good. But all of a sudden, when they, they removed the carpet from him, he started to spiral down. And then he hit the ground. Mm-hmm. That's how football was. I was nice and comfortable. Hey, they love you. Yep. You're going to the Super Bowl. All of a sudden, I hurt my back. Career over. Now I'm spiraling down because I wasn't equipped. Uh, I was equipped for football, but I wasn't equipped for life. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't mean to get too deep. No, man. No. Nah. <laughs> no, I mean, just, hey, you, you've talked about it before, and, and, and I just admire your courage, you know, uh, for being brave enough to talk about what hard. you went through. Yeah. You know, and, I mean, it just goes to show a couple of things that, you know, things aren't always what they appear to be, mm-hmm. and things are never as bad as they seem. There's always a way you can pull through and get on the other side of it. Yeah, and we just got to talk about it. Yeah. You know, and, and, I, and, and with my wife, Faith, we talk about everything. I shared mm-hmm. some of the most innermost part that I wouldn't share with a lot of people. Yeah. And uh, 
it was hard, man. I mean, I'm not been. It's it was hard. It was nights where I cried. There was nights where I was confused, and there sure. was nights where you know you got people talking about you. You know, spreading rumor, all this stuff that's going on in your life. And you're sitting in your house like, what am I to do now? Yeah. You know, I, I mean, like when my son was in in California, I'm trying to. I'm walking up to UCLA and I'm walking up to USC to try to get jobs, and I'm like, what am I gonna do? And mm-hmm. they're like, no, we don't. We, you know, we got people hired. So now you're getting. You feel rejected. <laughs> you feel insecure. And you're driving, and you're, just, you're driving home. You're like, okay, well, what am I gonna do? Yeah, so, what's next? What's next? And then yeah. you know, God works some things out to where I coached at Christ Presbyterian, and now work at Montgomery, Montgomery Bell Academy. And my next step is the NFL. Yeah, how rewarding has that been? Oh, your experience at God. NBA? It's been rewarding. I mean, just watching guys go from from being okay to being great men. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I talked about William Tanner, Austin Roth, you know, uh, Claiborne, the guy, the receivers that were great, but to watch them progress, not just as football players, that, but progress as men, and you get to be a part of their legacy. So, you know, that's what it's all about. So when they coach and when they raise their kids, you know, it, it's passed down because you created a legacy. And that's, it's just, at first I didn't want to coach. I thought it was whacked. But, <laughs> but, but um, to watch these guys smile after they went from zero to or Atlanta Foundation to doing something great, it is flat out amazing. What is Mar- that program like? Chris, because the amount of players that oh have come through Montgomery Marcel Academy. Reed. Or, oh, he's a dude. Yeah. Exactly. What is it good like? good friends with his old man who <laughs> coached at Tennessee State. You know, Rod, he's he's, he's a trip. He's funny. He <laughs> is funny. funny. What's yeah. it like being in the kind of a program that the expectations are so Ooh. high, you got talent coming in and out of it, the pressure's there. Hey, I'm sure you love that as a, as a former player. Heck no. The pressure? <laughs> man, when parents talk about you, when you lose, last year we started 0-4 and People mad at you. They're gonna be mad at you. They're gonna talk about a cousin you know you didn't have. They're gonna, talk, <laughs> they're gonna, they're gonna because you know when, when when you're when you're coaching and they're up top, they can see the ball spot in your head. They're gonna talk about all that. They're right. gonna talk about. But but at the end of the day, it ain't about that. So I have to erase that. It's about building a foundation in these kids. So it's so rewarding. I love it. It's a lot. It's a lot. When I say coaching, a lot of pressure. It's hard yeah. mm-hmm. because you got situations where you know my kids got to play. They got to do that. Yeah. And I'm like dealing with parents. Has what you be talking a, about, Willis? You know, what, no. dealing with parents well, has got to be a royal pain. It, I, you know, it is awful. Now, when you're in college, when you're going to this NIL or transfer portal, sure. it's even worse. Yeah. You know, one of the guys used to close at Clemson. Uh, one of the uh, guys that I used to coach with a long time ago. He said I had to get out of it because it's getting so bad. Man, you know, it's awful. It's too bad. Well, when we come back, we're going to have some fun. We're going to let Pat and Cook come on, Pat, and get into some petty news. <laughs> More with Chris Sanders here on the podcast show. Stick around. Welcome back to What's Good with KB and JB Podcast Show, exclusively on WNSR, Nashville's first 24-hour sports station. Chris Sanders filling in for Keith Bullock this week. Keith will be back with us, and we've got some uh, big-time announcements coming up regarding the podcast, and uh, we are we will be excited to share them with you. Pat and I are uh, been doing our uh, regular show on WNSR and uh, still doing the podcast here, so... Uh, big things popping, little things stopping. You know, Chris. Oh, rap skills. Yeah, you know, I I got you know I I got some bars. Oh, I got some for I, you I, too. I got, I got some bars saved on this phone. Okay, well, shoot, shoot me when I shoot yeah, you. All right, all right, all right. Well, we'll uh, you know we'll, we'll compare notes. Okay, Maybe it's, good. Uh, some point. Go hit one, hit one. <laughs> Come on, man. I, I got one for you. I got one in the chamber. Let's go. Oh, I got to Come on, man. On let me cuff. let me do this. No, first. man. On the cuff. first. First, we got to do this right okay, now sorry, because we got yeah, we do this every time on the podcast show. We got to let Patton Cook, oh, my bad. our producer, my right hand man, um, the general, 
Pat and Cook. We call him the general. That's awesome. He, uh, once a week, he gets a chance to uh, sound off on whatever's on his sport and mind. So, Pat, what do you got this week? Uh, could easily do Vandy basketball. I'm going to hold off, um, okay. uh, of course, uh, with, with all that's going on right now. However, it is basketball-related, and if anybody knows me, this is no surprise. It is Draymond Green-related. Guys, why on earth was he involved in NBA All-Star Weekend on the broadcast? I, I did not need to see <laughs> I, I did not need to see Draymond Green or hear his analysis at all this weekend. Have we forgotten? Only about a month ago, he's punching guys on the court uh, and really getting suspended indefinitely. And then all of a sudden, he's just kind of peddled back into the media as, oh, <laughs> look at me, Mr. Teddy Bear. I'm Draymond Green, who can break the game down. And I got to give credit to Charles Barkley because he cooked Draymond Green all yeah. night long. I loved every bit of it. But I, I just I find it laughable. If half the stuff that Draymond Green has done to anybody else in the league, they'd be in NBA jail, much know, less on the, on the on the broadcast of NBA All Star Weekend. So that is my let bat and cook. Why is Draymond Green let back into the good graces of the NBA after his yet another heinous act? And it'll happen again, I'm sure, before the end of the year. Well, Jeez. the NBA All Star Game was an absolute disgrace. Okay, I mean, you you remember back in the day when it was Magic and Dr. J and George Gervin and you know. Whoever, you know, Larry Bird, those guys played. That was a game. It was. 211 points. 211 to 186. I mean, what what can Adam Silver do about this? I mean, shooting from half court. (laughs) Come on, man. And make, I know you make it, but come on, man. What are we talking about? Not playing a lick of defense. And then just, it's just, I don't know. I would have watched pickleball with John McEnroe. (laughs) Well, speaking of the NBA guys, as we get into some petty news here, my favorite part of the podcast show, and it's Keats as well. So a few years ago, right, we had uh, the pandemic. People were shut in. We couldn't go anywhere. There was no sports. Everything had shut down. All the major leagues, uh, sporting leagues had shut down. There was nothing. So... ESPN was planning to do their last dance uh, documentary Mm -hmm. on the 90s Bulls dynasty. It was supposed to come out during the summer, during the finals, but they pushed it up because there was nothing to watch sporting-wise. And it became, you know, millions and millions of people watched it. Mm -hmm. People were talking about it the next day. And we know that that last dance thing was basically Jordan's deal, right? Jordan had to approve everything. Nothing was going to go on the air for that documentary without Jordan's approval. It was probably, I'd say, 80% about Michael Jordan, 20% about the Chicago Bulls, and then winning six championships in nine years in the 90s. Well, three prominent members of that dynasty, Luke Longley, Horace Grant, and Scottie Pippen, are all going on tour starting this week, and they're calling it the No Bull Tour. So basically what they're doing is we're going to tell you what's really what really happened during those days because they didn't like the way they were portrayed Mm -hmm. in the last dance documentary. So this is kind of their side of the story. And if you know, Scottie Pippen, the last couple of years has basically not had a lot of flattering things to say about Michael Jordan. And listen, say what you want. But Jordan Won six titles. He didn't win a single one without Scottie Pippen as his ride or die, as his Robin to his Batman. So basically, they're going to come out with what they feel, their truth about what went on. Now, 
couple things. Scottie Pippen was grossly underpaid. Jordan was too. But that was, that that was Scottie Pippen's choice. Though. You're right. He signed a really bad yes. contract. Yeah. And the Bulls held him to it. They said, we're not going to renegotiate this contract you signed. Right. Um, what do you make of that? I think it's kind of petty on their part, yeah. and I kind of like it. Being yeah. a, I'm more of a LeBron guy than an MJ yeah. guy. It's, you know what I mean? It's, it's wild because what's going to happen when you have a reunion? It ain't gonna be no. Reunion. It ain't gonna be no. They gonna be. It's gonna be Rocky and Apollo Creed and and Mr. T and and the, they the, the booed Russian. the GM's widow. That is awful. The Chicago Bulls is fans. That awful. That was awful. That listen, listen, listen. A lot of times we forget. I mean, it, everything. A lot of stuff goes on on a lot of teams. But at the end of the day, you won six championships together. Mm. We're focusing on this nonsense as opposed to what makes sense. What makes sense is, I'm like, there's a lot of guys. I mean, there's some guys on my team that I didn't get along with in my right. Super Bowl year. Right. But I'm going to focus on we going to the Super Bowl as opposed to getting my own agenda out to say something bad. And everybody's different. I mean, I respect that. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you know, you know, I can't wait to listen. I just think <laughs> I, went to, I was thinking about like what are you talking about. You want to hear what they have what? to say, right? Take all of that back. Well, I'm I, just, I just look at a guy like Pippen, and I, I oh can kind of empathize yeah. with him because I yeah. think he feels like I don't. I'm not getting enough respect. I was, you know, I was a huge part of those six championships. But you all won six. six. Right. You got a ring. But you know how human nature is. It's like, oh, Jordan gets all the attention. What about me? You know, I'm, I was an All NBA guy. I was on the yeah. dream team. I'm in the Hall of Fame. But you know what? Uh, I'm going to give you a perfect example. In the Super Bowl, I got one pass thrown to me. Yeah. And it was low. It was low. I wanted to pass. I wanted to catch a couple of balls. I wanted to catch some yeah, touchdowns. You wanted to catch a pass I wanted and get to catch tackled in the passes. Super Bowl, right? But what, that, this is how, this how silly I'll be if I came out now and started doing my own tour. And I started. <laughs> <laughs> and I started I'd be your hype man. I'd, I'd be like, your host. Like, yeah. And I'll be in Memphis. <laughs> and I have my, my, my Super Bowl jersey in my pants. <laughs> Let me tell y'all. That's that cool. I, I was, I was open on the last play. I was disrespecting. Yeah, I mean, they're going to be like, wasn't the Super Bowl in, in 1999? And you wearing your jersey, your tight, your tight pants? Just imagine them. All of them are going to be looking at me. I'm going to have two people there like, what you talking about, Willis? What are we doing? Yeah, but you, but you know, know in today's media age, Everybody everything those guys say is going to get magnetized. Can, can I give you a perfect example? Please do. Look at what Cat Williams is doing. Mm-hmm. Why, is, Shay Shay. why is his show, every show that he has now sold out? Yep. Why? Because he told on everybody. Because he went on Club Shay Shay and just went scorched. And he told every he told on everybody. Yep. So when he told on everybody, everybody wants to know what he has to sir, say. Sir, <laughs> sir, <laughs> sir, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> he played in he played in a movie with my son first Sunday. Oh, your son was yeah, in that. Yeah, you ever see that? I haven't seen first that. Sunday. Yeah, he played in there with him. He was like a choir director, but CJ was in that movie. Yeah, he's fine. <laughs> CJ said he's hilarious, but you know I. I don't know. I just, I don't know. We can go ahead. <laughs> you, you can't wait to hear what they have to say, right? Can't wait. It's yeah. like what Terrell Owens said. You got to have your popcorn ready, guys. <laughs> Get your popcorn, popcorn ready. Popcorn. Get your popcorn. All right. I got more pettiness. Uh-oh. No, uh-oh. Stephen A. Smith. His hairline. His hairline is, that's one thing. <laughs> Cut it off. I know. Just go bald, man. You know? Like, like Teddy Pierre and Graham. Sometimes Teddy. you got to, what do they say in football? Sometimes you got to know when your journey is over. Right? Or, or, like, or like Teddy Pendergrass. Teddy Pendergrass. I think I better let it go. Let it go. Okay. Okay. I'm sorry. Get Looks you. like another love TKO. Oh, here we go. Oh, man. We can't get started on that. Maybe we will. Um, he said a couple of things. He said that LeBron James, it's his fault that the dunk contest sucks. Because he never participated in it. Mm. And somebody else said, it might have been Stephen A., said, the reason why the All-Star game sucks now is because 
of LeBron and him being friends with so many of his contemporaries wasn't like that back in the day because the Pistons hated the Celtics and the Celtics hated the Lakers. And, you know, what are we talking about? <sighs> Look, Pat and I are big LeBron James apologists. OK, yeah. you know, he gets blamed for way too much. Everything. stuff. That's petty. I'm sorry. Is Stephen that- A. Smith. You're making a gazillion dollars a year, and you're calling out LeBron James for that? that That's petty, bro. But he has a choice to, to, to participate in the dunk contest or not. I mean, it's A lot choice. of people are saying that is a major, major mark against his career, that he didn't participate in the dunk contest. Okay, let me tell you something. You think he's not going to get in the Hall of Fame because uh, he didn't get in the dunk contest. Oh, sorry. I'm, t- I'm telling you, according yeah. to some people, they would keep him out because That, of that. is goofy, That's man. how much they, they, they like to rip on LeBron James. But you know what? The ones that are doing something is the ones that people talk about. That's true. He is consistent. He's been a model citizen in the NFL the whole time. I know we, we you know, we all make stupid mistakes, right? But at the end of the day, he's done everything right that you want as a player. Yeah, everybody wants to go to this the was team. the guy that was on color, on cover Sports Illustrated when he was what 16, 16 years old. And the funny thing about it is when I got cut from the Titans, I went to Cleveland, and I kept hearing this LeBron James because he was in high school. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I asked my receiver coach at the time was Rabisky. Mm-hmm. I said, Rabisky, is this LeBron guy? You know, is he that good? As everybody said, he stopped me in my tracks. He said, I've never, ever seen nothing like this. Wow. He said, never. I said, what? I mean, his high school games were on ESPN naturally. And they were sold out in arenas. <laughs> Come on, man. What you talking about, Willis? He could have went a number, number of different ways. Pat, you know this. You're a LeBron fan and, and, yeah. and a Cavs fan. He could have went a number, number of man. different ways. But that guy... Okay, he might have slid into the DMs of some Instagram models once or twice. <laughs> I mean, come on. Other than that, it was Big you, Shirley. That guy has done everything right. Everything right. Yeah, to have the money from the start, to have the fame, and really all the pressure as well. Because Billionaire. I mean, it, Chris, you talked about it earlier. The pressure of anything, much less yeah. being called the the next Michael Jordan uh, for LeBron. He's done great. I, it's it's been a pleasure, and you heard him talk over the weekend about how much longer he's got left, and mm-hmm. he wants a farewell tour if he wants to play with Bronny James, who right now is at USC. So I, you're starting to wonder how much time he's got left yeah. in, in the NBA. But it's been great watching him, though. It's been unbelievable. Yeah, And, and you know, I'm a guy that, because everybody compares him to Jordan and this and that, and really you should compare him more to Magic Johnson yeah, when you think yeah. about it, because he's more of a facilitate or get everybody involved type of guy. But, you know, a lot of people that crush LeBron and, and, and build up Michael, and Michael was great, obviously. Yeah. They didn't they didn't see Michael play, okay? I'm old enough to say, I can say I watched Michael Jordan yeah. play at North Carolina his entire NBA career. Yeah. I've watched LeBron James' his entire career. And, and both are great. That's all. Why can't we just say that? Did you, uh, it's funny because I was just about to say that. Why can't we just say they're both great? Right. Why can't we say, Kobe, they're all great? Right. They were great at their time. Jordan was great at his time. LeBron was great at his time. Kobe was great at his time. They're all great. But I think LeBron gets a lot of heat because of the decision and the way he went about it. But he won championships. But it, exactly. And it wasn't that bad. It wasn't as bad as people said. Now, if you're a Cleveland fan, I get it. You have every right to be pissed off at the guy. Okay, let me ask you a question. Yeah. Like, when he, when he went from Cleveland to Miami, right? Everybody was mad, right? Yep. Okay. Just imagine if you worked at, at um, say you worked at uh, Longhorn's restaurant, mm-hmm. and Microsoft called you and said, I need you to come over to be my manager, and I'm going to give you $4 million. Mm-hmm. How in the world would you act? Right. You're going to say, no, nah, I'm good. But You're going to go and do something to better your family. But here's the thing, Chris. 
LeBron took less money, less money to go play with two other all-stars because he wanted to win. He wanted busted win. his butt in busted Cleveland butt. for eight years, and he, they gave him nothing. They gave him, you know, a washed-up Shaquille O'Neal. They gave him, you Still know, his, his best player was like Andy Vergeau. He 2007, he dragged a team that had no business going to the finals I to the know. finals. Now, they got swept by San Antonio. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, come on, bro. And another guy, now, while we're being petty, this smell on my mind for... You look uh, mad. I'm mad right now, bro. I'm mad. I'm mad. <laughs> I'm mad. I want revenge on the good foot. Ha! See, you bring this out of me, Chris. I'm normally not this way. Um, you know, a guy that they... Uh, speaking of Michael Jordan, yeah. Michael B. Jordan. I think this guy is a terrific actor. I think this guy could be the, the big, next... The big, big swole dude? The guy that plays Creed. Ooh. Yeah, this guy does everything right. Yeah, yeah. He could be the next Denzel. Yet people and people in our community yeah. are saying, "Oh, he's corny. He's boring." And it's like because he doesn't have a bunch of tattoos or gold tooth or you know six kids by four different women. Yeah, he's not. You know, he's corny. This guy does everything right. He's a terrific actor he's by all by all accounts. He's actor. a great young man. I mean. What are we doing? But you know what? Why the, are we? Why are we criticizing? We should be building this guy up. But but you know what? It, the, the, what it is is everybody wants to find somebody doing great and tries to, t- to try to undress them with negative words. That's mm. all it is, because they're not going to talk about nobody that's not doing anything. Yep. <laughs> right. If you're doing something great, somebody's going to attack you. I mean, just like when I got married, people are going to attack you. They're going to attack you. Oh, that's yeah. just what it is. Yep. You know, but the, at the end of the day, you just keep taking one step at a time and go make another film, make another film, make another film, and they got to see they got to see you every single time. That's how I handle it. Yeah. Nashville Cats have having an open tryout this weekend. I'll be there. You're going to you're going to try out? I'll Pat, be- Pat you going to try out? Oh, no. Absolutely not. <laughs> Couldn't even make my high school team, much less the uh, arena football team. You trying out, Sanders? I know you're going to be involved in the team. You're in your yeah, wife. No, we're, we're going we're gonna to watch. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to watch. I'm going to get out there about 2.30. Yeah. I'm not going at 9. No, I'm going to go about 2.30 just to kind of show my face and, you know, whatever players are out there, just kind of shake their hands, whatever, whatever. And I'm, look, I'm so looking forward to it because I get a chance to, just like what I said, player development and help yeah. you know guys with different issues in their life and their family. So, man, I'm excited. What a great opportunity great for these guys. I mean, you never know, right? Coach Coach Kikinis has said it. You never know. You, you never there know. There could be a diamond in the rough out there. Diamond in the rough. What was the guy? Uh, Phil Fleming. Mm-hmm. Remember him? Yep. He, I mean, he was good in the league. I mean, he he played in uh, the league for a little bit for Dallas Cowboys. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you never know. Some coach might see you or the Titans might see you be like, man, this dude is good. And you get a trial, you get on a team, and let's go. Anything can happen. But I ain't playing. <laughs> first of all, it's 50 yards, and I can't do it. I need 100 the 50, the 50 yard indoor war. <laughs> and, and the walls don't move. No, the walls don't no. move. But when the ball comes off that rebound net, it's a live ball, Chris. So you got to be ready. I'm safe right here. <laughs> right here. Well, Chris, it's great always having you fill <laughs> in on the, on the podcast show. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Con- continued success. Thank you, my friend. Pat, another one in the books, man. We did it. We did it. <laughs> it's always an adventure, but we always, we always come through. Oh, and uh, Folks, we're here to get you through the football withdrawal. Again, we got some uh, big announcements coming up regarding uh, our podcast show that we think you're going to like. So stay with us. Make sure you stream us. Uh, on all major podcast platforms and check us out on WNSR Nashville Sports Radio. We appreciate you listening and supporting us as always. That'll do it for this week. Keith, hopefully we'll be back next week. We'll talk to you then. (laughs) 
<laughs> See you next time.